and welcome to the CritCast, Critical Hits' very own podcast where we keep you updated on all the fun pop culture news and reviews that you need in your life. Today I'm joined, as always, by the ever so sexy Darren Bontes. Please, Darren, say hello in the sexiest tone of voice you can possibly muster. Hello, everyone listening to the podcast. Wow. Well, you did. He did say. I did say possibly could muster, and that's certainly what he tried I'm to sad do. Now. How are I'm you, sad Darren? Now. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean. To, I didn't mean to be rude. I mean, I, I had some bit of bad news about my whole idea for a fast food franchise being cancelled. But you just saying that I'm not sexy. I mean, that's just, that's just pushed me over the edge. Yeah, look, that was that was uncalled for and unnecessary, and I apologise. Um, let, let, let's just dial it back. Let's let's start this off on a, on a good note. Okay. How are you, Darren? I'm good, week? buddy. I'm good. I'm ready. I'm rocking, ready to rock and roll. That's that's what I wanted to say before my mouth did some gymnastics there. Yeah, I listened for a second. There, I thought you were gonna say, "I'm ready and I'm rock hard," and that <laughs> could have been the sexiest thing you could possibly have said. Well, that goes without saying. Um, mm, okay, if that is <laughs> if, if that's the thing, you probably should go to a doctor. <laughs> Listen, let's not talk about gypsy danger in my pants right now. Oh God in heaven, Jesus! Is yeah, that, oh, I'm, no. I'm named it after a Jaeger. Of course, I did. <laughs> uh, can you guess what? Can you guess what I named my my uh, my package after? Uh, probably one of the kaiju. I'm going to go with Leatherhead. No, it's just disappointment. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> oh. Oh dear. So let's let's get things off to a running start. What you been playing this week? Well, I've been playing. Well, sort of. I've been playing more Hitman Three, but uh, I've done what I call Operation Grapes of Wrath or Grape Expectations or the Grape Escape. <laughs> grape Expect. Well, it's not. You, I think the greatest Grape Escape works the least well because none of them are actually escaping from <laughs> yeah. that. So, for those of you who are <coughs> unaware, um, if you play a game of Hitman, the entire point is to get in, kill your target, and get out with anyone being none the wiser. But I took a bit of a different approach. This is this comes from a school of thought where I thought, you don't have to worry about witnesses in a level if everyone's dead, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That makes sense to me. So, on one of the stages, one that I absolutely adore, is the penultimate one, Mendoza in Argentina. It takes place on this fantastic uh, vineyard and there's a manor there there's a hidden distillery there's all these security sections and it's really tricky to actually uh, assassinate your two targets but while i was exploring that level one of the um, places where you can get rid of of at least one target is mm. in an industrial grape crusher okay. i thought Jesus, to myself okay i wonder how many people i could shove in there how many people could you shove in there <laughs> well i've i've saved my i'm gay but i've got at least a hundred npcs in that industrial Jesus, grape okay, crusher. come on but For just, God's to get, sake. <laughs> just to get to that point i had to do so much planning and prep work because there's a lot of security in that game and if you get rumbled if the um rosas want to nick you you will go down so quickly so i was just working my way through murdering security forces everywhere i could i had a sniper nest at one point i had my silence pistol walk around throwing axes into their heads aiming them with screwdrivers just so that i could have free reign to run around and punch npcs you truly are god's greatest monster <laughs> yeah i love it it's gonna go on my tombstone one day so I, I do I do want to know this. Once you dumped all the bodies into the industrial grape press and you activate it, what happens? They turn to mush? Yeah, they pretty much all get liquidized so that I can make my special wine. Oh, lovely. My very, very special wine. Lovely. But what actually disappoints me is that there is a whole animation sequence where you see like a, a bunch of blood like sticking to, to the actual stainless steel mm. vat lid that crushes mm. them. But you don't see an escalation in the blood it's just one specific animation because it's only designed well, yeah darren because they're not expecting you to put a hundred people into the thing yeah well i'm going for 200 baby just you wait <laughs> but you know at this you know, point I mean, what, the innocent people darren <laughs> that's not what io intended <laughs> oh there's a lot of things i do in that game that io definitely did not intend to, to see Oh dear. But yes. Well, so 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 that's your that's your main Hitman three thing for the week. Have you been messing around with it anymore? Have you completed any of the challenges? Yeah, I absolutely love doing those challenges in the game because you get career mastery, so it unlocks more tools mm. that you can use in other stages. Um, it's been nice to actually revisit Hitman two stages with Hitman three unlocks, just so you know, so you see what other routes I could play 
you know, go back to that Bollywood stage where I seen the guy plummeting to his death from a film stage. All those kinds of yep. things. Okay. So are you anywhere... Do you think there is a longevity on Hitman 3 that you will play it to completion like the other two games? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm still so invested in that game that I'm going to uh, stick around. And what was actually interesting on that note, they were saying an interview on The Gamer last night with uh, IO, mm. and they said... There is going to be DLC for Hitman 3, but it's not going to be like the Hitman 2 DLC that added two new stages, which was a Wall Street bank and a holiday resort in the Maldives. That's not yeah. coming. But what they are thinking of doing is kind of, you know, going back to Hitman 1 where they remixed certain stages. There was the whole Patient Zero campaign. Uh, there was one where the Sapienza stage was turning into a Hollywood film set. Things like, mm. like that. They want to play around with that. And, you know, actually see what they could do across the entire trilogy, across the entire world of assassination. Which I suppose makes sense now, given that they're all sort of neatly contained under one package. Absolutely. I, I would really like to see how they can remix the, the Berlin stage, which I think is, is the game at its absolute best. Yeah, I was, I was going to talk to you about that, because I saw you mentioned that it was the best level. And beyond the final stage of Hitman 3, which I think is objectively its weakest, I thought the Berlin stage was my least favorite of all the levels huh. is it because that there aren't that many mission stories for you to actually follow through on that might be it i i if i i like the the fiction of being dropped in and being told there is one horrifically bad person this is what they've done wrong and this is the person they've pissed off whatever 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 and going in and removing them that feels that make that i feel like a hitman doing that right hmm. um, notice i'm saying hitman and not hitman because i could shout it at <laughs> way too often for my uh, mental health purposes uh, to, maintain right the, <laughs> to maintain the hitman joke um, <laughs> but like you drop into berlin and it's like there are five random targets well there's no, they, ten. Are they ten i thought i thought there were five yeah, you, you, you just gotta kill five. Oh, i see oh, okay that that's, that makes more sense now considering that i initially when i played that level i was like wow they're really gonna you can send five guys after 47 <laughs> But there's like a nameless quality to them that just I didn't care for. It's like, okay, yeah, one ICA man down. Then here comes the second ICA man. He's gone as well. Oh, the third ICA man. He's No, he's also gone. Yeah, I like the personality that Hitman gives its targets. And the Berlin level, there was there was just none of that. It was just a person over the radio saying, stop it, losers. <laughs> Do your jobs, you know. You, you say that, but if you actually tailed one of those those uh, targets, you'd actually find out just how much personality he had in particular. And it actually mm. gets to a point where there's one story that you can uncover for yourself, where you sit down at a table opposite him, and he's like, you may be in disguise, but he sits down and he's like, I know who you are, but I'm cocky, you know, I'm full of piss and vinegar, I'm going to take you on at your own game. <laughs> and he actually calls in reinforcements, like four of the other agents actually come down and surround you in that room. So there's Agent 47 in disguise. He's behind a desk. What do you do? And then the game prompts you. You can kick that desk over. And underneath that desk is a sawn-off shotgun. And you just go to town. That's okay. Yeah, that is pretty cool. And there was one other really cool mission story where you could take out um, Montgomery and... I don't think it's Agent Swan. I can't remember what the other agent's name is. But two of the agents that pop up on the balcony, you could take them out with a rigged laser light show. But just before you do that, the agent that's like watching from the balcony is like, wait a minute, that's not a DJ, that's Agent 47. Okay, that is pretty fun. That is pretty so, I, yeah. yeah, sure, I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give you that one. So you've got to actually go and find those stories for yourself in Berlin. And that's why I love it. It takes those training wheels off of Hitman and just gives you the, the mm. most freedom possible within a sandbox to experiment and just find those, those stories. Mm. I think the... What is undeniable about Hitman 3 is the weakest stage. Because when, when we talked about it last week, I hadn't finished the game yet. Mm. Um, the weakest part of that game, I think, is the final mission. You know, I, I, I actually do agree with you. And, and I don't, and I don't want to get into spoilers. I don't want to get too um, into in depth about it. It is just such a diversion away from the Hitman formula for a supplement that doesn't work nearly as well. I just think it's a, it was a weird note to end that I entire series on. I do think Hitman as a, as a whole earns their final level. But as you say, its greatest weakness is that it's a done-in-one experience. You don't need to go back after you've done that. And the whole charm of Hitman is always replaying those stages. Yeah, yeah exactly. It was a, yeah, it was it was a fun twist on what you're expected to do in a Hitman game. I just I would I would have preferred it if that level 
That 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 was that would have been an amazing opening level. Put it that mm, way. That's actually a good point. I think that would have been a fantastic uh, level to open the game on, uh, but to finish it off, it's just too. It's just over and like so briefly, and you're doing the same thing between the carts uh, on nearly every single um, yeah, carriage. It, it, it does like that, that, that vicious creativity that you come to expect from Hitman stages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I don't, I don't want this to sound like I'm just dunking on the game because the. Up until that point, the game is exceptional. And you know what? For a last level, in any other game, it would have been amazing. It's just in Hitman, yeah. it feels Look, weird. Look, five out of six brilliant levels isn't bad, though. No, no, very, very, very fair. I, I went back and I've played through all the story missions for the other levels. Uh, the uh, Dartmoor is still oh, the the best one by a country mile. I just for me. love exploring. That is such Dude, a good if level. I had to win big on the, on the power, Powerball, that's the kind of mansion I would want, you know? Especially with that office. Like, I'm such a nerd for, for cool studies and offices. I see, like, those leather chairs yeah. and those big oak desks. I'm like... Ugh. Yeah, no, that's, it's a, that is an impeccably designed level. <sighs> the secret passages that lead in, into and out of the different rooms. And, oh, no, it's uh, phenomenal. Really, really I, good. I love that, that your target has this, like, secret room upstairs in the main office where she just goes inside and swears. Yeah, that was great. Like, the soundproof room <laughs> yeah. behind the, the, the bookcase or something. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Imagine being that, that rich that you can have a personal hate room. Dude, I love it. I mean, I do have a personal hate room. <laughs> it's called My uh, Lounge. Woo, that's tough. Yeah, I know. That's brutal, dude. That's brutal. So, talking about things that are... Okay, this isn't going to be that big of a segue, but just uh, go with me on it. Talk about things that are brutal. What about Donut County? That has been brutal on my psyche just because of the whole philosophy of that game, which has led us into this really weird pastry discussion on Critical Hits. We don't. We do. We we can unearth it here yeah. if you want. But for those of you who are unaware, Donut County is a little. Well, I wouldn't say little, but it's a brilliant little indie game from Matthew Esposito. Uh, what else has he actually done? His name rings a bell. I think it does ring a bell. Give me a second. No, I'll, look I'll, I'll just explain it so long. So you have to d- deliver donuts in this game to various citizens in your little town. But just the um, thing, the uh, trash panda that sends out these donuts, he's convinced that a donut is the actual hole that pastry is built around. And so what he sends out is basically a sentient hole that you control. And you just use it to suck up objects and terrain and people. And you have to clear a stage by just dumping everything into the hole. You become the hole. You live in you the hole. The everything hole. is the hole in the end. So it's actually Ben Esposito. Ah, ben Esposito. Is the guy who did, uh, yeah, your guy did uh, Donuts uh, County. Um, he has also made, he's done a lot of work with Annapurna. Ah, there we go. A- Annapurna Interactive is one of the most underrated publishers out there right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know, I don't know if he's... Oh, yes. He also did... Nope, I lost the page. Give me a second. I don't know why, but I, I want to say Night in the Woods. I, I'm probably wrong, but... I don't no. think he did Night in the Woods. But that's another game I need. If he did Night in the Woods, then I would 100% remember who Ben Esposito is, because Night in the Woods was tremendous. I need to play that game still. Oh, man, that game like brought genuine tears to my eyes. Not that it takes especially... <laughs> not that it takes an especially uh, sad game to do that. Most games will do that to me, but... Uh, Oh, wow. Okay. No, he also did What Remains of Edith Finch. Yep. Oh, there we go. That's what I was thinking of. Yep. Nope. Then he hit that as one talented individual right there. Yeah. Good Lord. But I don't know. Donut County is just so re- relaxing because while you are sucking things up as the whole, it's also kind of a puzzle game because, I mean, obviously certain things can, can fit in the whole, but you've got to figure out what you can, you know, hoover up first to get inside of it. And... When you get more objects inside, the hole grows bigger. And there are little puzzle elements thrown in, like how do I get that guy on a, on top of a uh, cliff? Well, I'll just suck up this fire and some corn and I'll shoot popcorn at him and break that cliff and then he falls into the hole. So the re- Okay, so the reason you like Donut County is that it's basically Hitman, but you're a hole. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'm starting <laughs> to feel and realize I'm a terrible person, maybe. Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I don't want to be the one to break the news to you, but if, if no one's going to hold your hand as you take the sip of water, i got to be the one. <laughs> but what, what I love the most about, about that game is that one of your main characters, the uh, trash panda, the raccoon BK that sends out these holes, is like, he gets called out for all the shit that he gets up to. He's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not the bad guy yet. I'm the hero. I'm actually helping you guys. You just don't realize it. Okay, so it's a real, it's, it's, it's a real one of those... Thanos-like villains, right? That's become so popular. He's, he's basically days. gaslighting everyone. Uh, which is just the perfect... 
you don't get you didn't get a more perfect villain as one who gaslights. Yep, there we go. So wait, I wanted to ask about Donut County. Is it level based? Is it in sort of an open world? Because I I'll straight up say I haven't seen much of this game. It at all. is level based. There's just over a dozen stages for you to to go through. Each one has a certain old theme, certain old puzzles that you get through. And between each stage, there's you know this little interlude with with people giving BK shit for what he's been up to, and him going, "No, I'm not wrong. You're wrong." Okay. Cool. You can play it in an afternoon. It's on Game Pass, right? Yeah, that's where I actually picked it up. I was just browsing Game Pass for something new to play. There was also that Cyber Shadow game. It's like a Ninja Gaiden remake, basically. Yes, the the, the one that's being published by uh, Yacht Club. Yeah, I played it. Played it a bit. Well, it wasn't really. A, it wasn't really what I wanted to. I'm I'm so past past retro games right now. Yeah, I I, I was actually hoping I'm probably gonna pick it up because I played it a bit at Gamescom in 2019 and really liked it. I think the thing that took me most about it was that it was developed by one dude, which I'm always very fascinated by, and I will always give a game developed by one person a bigger chance than a game developed by 400. Yeah, absolutely. Like It's not my kind of game, but it is definitely going to find an audience with people. I think especially speedrunners are going to go bananas for yeah. that game. Talking about games that aren't quite your uh, up your alley. My cup of tea. Your cup of tea, if you will. What about the medium? The medium? I haven't even gotten to that yet. I do want to, you know, put on my, my big boy pants and man up and, you know, finally play it because not no well okay, we you know what? reviewed it today. It's got no... No jump scares, so I think I should try it. Okay, Noel's lying to you because there are at least two jump scares. But I also want traitor. <laughs> I know traitor. <laughs> Hang her up by the ankles. <laughs> I don't think so. I, I finished the medium this week. Wow, that was quick. And yeah, I mean, I started on like a Tuesday. It's not a long game. I uh, thought it was on Thursday. No, 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 no. I started that way, way early on on, on Tuesday. Ah, uh, review code. Yeah, review code. Uh, okay. I just wasn't through. Uh, critical hit that I got the the review. Another code. traitor. This Another day traitor. This day extracts a heavy toll. <laughs> we, we don't have enough chains for these ankles. <laughs> so I I, I I finished it this week, and I think you would be fine to play the medium because it's not a scary game. Okay. I don't, and I don't think it's trying to be an especially scary game. If that makes any sense. It looks like a disturbing game. Exactly. I think it's. I think they're going for. They're going for a game that's rather set, unsettling, chilling to exist in the world's world because there's a whole dynamic duo thing that is going on. I'll get to that in a second. But it's 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 a it's a Team Bloober game. To put it like that. Yeah, like, layers of fear, they're kind of the observer. Those, if you've played those games, you get an idea what you're in for. Exactly. And a lot of people came at the medium to criticize it for not having enough game in it. But in that way, they definitely missed the point. Because Team Bloober doesn't do games like that. They have never have. Layers of Fear 1, 2, Play which the actual gamey elements of those are so minimalized compared to what you are meant to be enjoying, which is the story, the writing, the visuals, all that sort of stuff, right? And on that level, the medium exceeds, hmm. hands down. It's a gorgeous game. It has a very compelling narrative. The The characters in it are very well-realized, well-written, and have satisfying journeys and, and, and stories to, to tell. Explores a lot of heavy themes like personal trauma and abandonment. You know, alongside the normal horror fair of here's a weird gross spirit that uh wants to kill you Ooh, <laughs> that's spooky and skin walls are your skin barriers yes one of the one of the big things in the game so one of the big things in the game that that was touted as like the next gen showcase for it right was that there are certain instances where the main character uh marianne can split herself into like a spirit form or the spirit version of herself you know and and maintain her material form in our world and when you do that the game is rendering two worlds two recreations of the same level just with a different sort of aesthetic at the same time you have like a line that splits the screen either vertically or horizontally and one of the big things that differentiates that demon spirit world is the lack of any real doors the engineering department clearly was slacking on that day <laughs> i don't know if you can hear but my cat is having an absolute manic session i'm, I'm hearing the little pop pop ups in your, in your background yeah that's it that's it she, she is going absolutely apeshit for something i don't know what it is but good cat she is she, she's being an exceptionally good cat i just wish she wouldn't do it while i was recording <laughs> 
Yeah, so so one of, one of the things in the spirit world is that the doors are just like two folds of skin that have essentially been stitched together. And in order to open them, you have to find a razor and then just sort of slice them very cleanly down the seam. Oh, this is so gross. It's weirdly satisfying. I don't, <laughs> it's, it's, I don't know why. The noise they do for it is just, I like seeing the, the two folds sort of like peel apart. I don't know, dude. I, I don't want to say that I that it awoke something within me, but I, I'm, I'm a changed man. I'll tell you that much. Maybe you'll start playing Hitman differently. <laughs> but you know no, what? I, I'm not a monster like you, Darren. The whole idea of of a single player split screen game, which is that must be a first. That that just that the technology the technology behind that just amazes me. Yeah, no, it is wildly cool that they can do that because both worlds that they're rendering, from what I, from what I read about it, it's essentially two different levels that they're rendering simultaneously, you know, back to back, which is exceptional when you consider that there is like heavy lighting and dynamic particles and whatnot could you stop <clears throat> running around the room <laughs> go get out go leave no it's it's an it's an incredible feat of um of, of next-gen technology oh, sorry, i just can't stop laughing at you yelling at your cat go i'm, I'm closing the door on her i'm closing the door oh, this is, this is un- i just this is yeah she's banished from the house she's gonna sit out she's gonna sit in the lounge for what i give a shit <laughs> oh now stay out When I named my cat Nemesis, I didn't think she would take it as a literal suggestion. <laughs> I feel bad for Nemesis having this master that yells at her. You should feel ashamed of yourself. Oh, please. She gets so much love from me. It's just the second she needs to be a good cat that the love goes out the, goes out the window. Oh, she's going to be plotting your downfall soon. She's probably going to go hide under the counter, which is where she usually goes to hide when, when she's in trouble. Yeah. Sorry, what were we saying? Well, basically, <laughs> we're you're, you're, playing, the yeah, you're playing the medium. You've got all this amazing technology, and it's running on an Xbox Series S. Yeah, which is wild. And as much as the Series S denies you some of the things like um, proper... I don't know what the correct terminology is, but proper ray tracing, I mm. think the Series S has that sort of AI-simulated one, which works. It's, it's, it's pretty good, but it's certainly not the genuine dynamic rays of light, whatever. <laughs> Uh, you either love it or you hate it. You love it or you hate it. I don't know. There, there, there is a very special thing about Team Bloober's games, and I think they are some of the best horror developers working at the moment. So basically, you the just way that, go... that you and Noel have, have summed this up is that it's not so much as, as it's a video game, but it's more of an experience that has to be I know, which, which sounds like a load of wank. I know it sounds like a load of wank, but it's true like it, it, it's not a, it's not a game you're playing because you want to challenge the puzzles in it aren't difficult there's not a lot of like replayability i think but there is a very compelling narrative that admittedly i think does stumble at points it has some pacing issues and i think it gets off to a rather rocky start because what is perceived by me anyway to be the inciting incident actually just turns out to be the entire plot but like they work with it and they build it and by the end of it they do redeem where that narrative goes with some very interesting character developments and the end is satisfying i'm not going to say what the ending is because i feel like if someone says to you in a horror game the ending was sad or the ending was happy that kind of removes a lot of the payoff of that right yeah but it's a good the game ends well like it justifies that story in a very uh nice manner and i think it leaves just enough open-endedness to warrant like speculation like i don't know if they would do a sequel but it's it's a, it's a great game it's 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 really really good just don't go into it expecting it to be silent hill or resident evil you see this is what i want from xbox lately i mean i know everyone said oh xbox can't compare to, to sony sony's got god of all sony's got ratchet and clank and horizon but like this is what i like that xbox is kind of throwing cash behind experiences and more short form innovative games mm. you know give me a whole library of that and you know 10 or 15 sandboxes that's what i want yeah and and the thing for me is with with xbox right is i get i get that people don't get me wrong i am very looking forward to the new god of war and i'm very looking forward to the new ratchet and clank but like i've played them you know i've played ratchet and clank for like 15 years now you know i've never played the medium or whatever it is that team bluber decides to do next it's new stuff it's new franchises and i think that's cool and interesting and we should be doing that instead of just doing a disney and going back to the franchises that have worked for the past decade and a half 
and just maintaining that trajectory, right? I mean, there, there is room for them, but I mean, at the moment, I'm more excited for what Xbox has on the horizon than what, than what Sony mm. has. I mean, I've, I've played those games. I mean, am I going to play them again? Absolutely. Day one, here's my money, but... Yeah. yeah, and I will probably enjoy them as well. We're kind of, you know, underwriting our entire point that we're trying to make here. <laughs> yeah, a, a little bit. It's just that as much as I will enjoy playing, and I'm going back to Ratchet & Clank because I personally think Ratchet & Clank is a great series, but it's time to pack it away and move on. Like, I will enjoy a new Ratchet & Clank. Don't, I, I, don't, I don't deny that, but I also want to play something that's new from Sony. It's healthy for Con- the industry. It is. That's why I liked Concrete Genie so much, and I wish they would do more cool Oh, like I cannot games. wait to play that next month. It's going to be a PS Plus game. Yeah, play it. It's so good. It is remarkable. That animation looks. That animation style looks like it was pulled straight out of something like um, Monster House. I don't know if you ever watched uh, Monster House. No, I've, I've seen bits of it here and there on DSTV. But like with, with something like, like Concrete Genie, I think, like personally myself, who's got more of an artistic bend, I think it's, that game's going to really appeal to me. That's so good. I love that game. It was 20, yeah, 2019 that game came out. Yeah. You know what game I didn't love? Tell me. Uh, how familiar are you with Balen Wonderworld, which is just the dumbest name for a game? From what I've seen, it looks like some sort of spiritual successor of Nights into Dreams, which was like a Sega mm. Saturn game from the dark ages of the mid-1990s. Uh, am I wrong? You are very right, actually. Huh. So Sega released a demo for Balen Wonderworld, which they are touting as their... Return to 3D platformers of a bygone era. You know, they've got Yuji Naka working on it. So you would assume that this game would have a bit of speed to it, you know? Mm. Considering Yuji Naka did Sonic the Hedgehog. But uh, no, you'd be very wrong, actually. You'd be very, very wrong. Bale in Wonderworld, at least the demo I played, all two hours of what was available to me, was not good. Oh, no. Was not good at all, actually. I... You know, I haven't it kept up. Is, what is it even about? Is it some sort of carnival? Okay, game? so I was talking to one of my one of, one of my co-workers in the office today, and, and well, this week, and she was asking me, you know, what is what is it? She asked me asked me the same question. I described the whole thing to her, like what you do and the setting for it, and she said, it sounds as if you are a three-year-old who has just painted the most garbage picture you possibly could, and is then attempting to explain it <laughs> to your parents to justify hanging it on the fridge. <laughs> You know, if that, that was me, my, 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 my father would be like, oh, son, you drew this all by yourself. It sucks. <laughs> it sucks. So if, you, if you'll come with me on this journey, I'm going to be doing just that. <laughs> so there is a dancing man and he's doing a break dance. And then a lot of uh, people come and say that he did a, a very good job. Uh, and then he gets very sad and he kicks a ball and he walks away and he goes past a, a theater and then a big man in a hat says, come into this theater. So he goes into the theater and then the curtains open and then he's on a floating island. But the floating island also connects to a big farm. And the big farm has lots of big uh, mealies in it. And there's a dragon with a fire in its stomach. Uh, and there's also um, a big stretching plant. When you get there, there's um, shadow people and the shadow people want to do bad things. So you have to jump on them. And when you defeat them, the world becomes good. But, oh no, there's one more shadow person. And he, he grabs a farmer who's very sad about his crops dying. And then the farmer becomes a big spinning dragon uh, with big uh, wolf eyes. And when you jump on his stomach, he turns back into a farmer. And then the man in the big hat comes back and you all dance. What? Are you making stuff up? Nope, that's genuinely how that game goes. I think the Kingdom Hearts storyline is less complicated. Than <laughs> Listen, Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom Hearts has. A, a, mm, I was gonna say it has more. Let's not go into that bullshit. No, I was gonna say it has at least a compelling narrative for me to sit through because <laughs> there is nothing about this game that is compelling. So the whole po- yeah, Kingdom Hearts at least kills Goofy. That 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 was a that was a hoax, and we all know it. We at least at least I don't know Balen Wonderworld is a game that is very clearly trying to pull on the PS2 era of platformers, right? Except it's trying to pull on the early PS2 era of platformers. Oh, gosh. The movement feels really, really slow. It takes like a solid two seconds for your character to get up to speed. So, And then the big pull of the game is that there are 80 different costumes to try out, right? And each costume gives you a different ability and whatnot. And certain costumes don't let you jump, which feels really shitty. 
in a game where half the point is just jumping on things, right? And there's just there's just no consistency to it. There's no through line as to why anything matters. You are whisked away to this magical theater world. You're not told what the bad thing is that's making people into shadows and turning them into monsters. It's and maybe they'll explain that in the, in the in the final release, but it just sucks to play. It's just not a good platformer. It kind of sounds like <laughs> it sounds like like the kind of platformer that you would find on a Nokia Engage. Oh that god, make, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's just wild to me that Square Enix is slapping their name onto it because this feels like it feels like a Kickstarter game gone really, really wrong. Ooh, that is raw. No, it's raw. It's I know it's raw, and I'm sorry. I apologize, Yuji Naka, if you ever somehow listen to this, which I very much doubt you will. You got you got to you got to pull your socks up, man. You can't coast off Sonic anymore. You made Sonic. Make a fast game again, please. You know what? Why doesn't anyone you know look at this game and say, you know what? This is kind of bad. Copy, make it better. I mean, I know this is me being an absolute naive little shit, but yeah. I mean, you've got to be able to see during yeah. the development of a video game if it's been crap or not. I mean, you'd like to QA think, right? Testers for a reason. Yeah, you'd like to think the QA would get on it, but I mean, this game's releasing in March. Like, they would need to severely overhaul that game to get it to work. One of the, uh, as I said, one of the big things that they talked about is that you had these eight, you have 80 different costumes that give you different abilities. You have 80 different costumes, but you've got motivation to only try three of them. Well, this is the thing, right? So, you have 80 different costumes, but they all do one thing and one thing alone. So, you get to a point where there's like a very weak limited puzzle you have to solve and there's not really this there's no solution to it it's just okay get us got to guess got to swap to that one and then you're fine right it's like if there's too many options there's no options if that makes any sense yeah that, that, that just sounds you know too complex than it needs to be i mean is, is swapping to a costume at least easy or do you have to go through a whole bunch of menus so you can you can essentially hotkey three of them to, to swap back and forth which you have to sit through a little like two second long animation of a little tornado swirling uh. your character up and dumping you um, to swap out. But then there are also points where if you don't have the right costume hotkeyed, a little magical door pops up, you walk through it, and it gives you like a little wardrobe of all the costumes that you've unlocked that you can pull from. But it's just rather, for me, rather keep it to like 10 or 15 or whatever. Make some really interesting puzzles where those costumes have to work in tandem to solve the thing rather than dump 80 different variants because you can't really do much in terms of interesting puzzles, right? There's too many variables in that, especially for the audience they're going for, which is younger kids, right? Yeah, I mean, kids are, well, kids are stupid. They're not going to, you know, they're going to get so quickly bored with this. Yeah, exactly. Kids kids aren't as dumb as people think and they will get over this very quickly i'm fairly certain about that i don't know it's it seems like a weird thing i I back square enix to publish random dumb shit every once in a while let us not forget the quiet man pour one out (laughs) Um, i i played that last year and i was like what the hell i really really super duper want to play the quiet man i have such a i have such a thing for just garbage video games and that, I definitely that game play it. is a digital train wreck it's like you know it's bad you know you're going to be suffering but you just cannot pull yourself away from it because it's just so badly designed who is squee do you think there's just like a betting table at square enix that like the whenever they release a shit game the reasoning for it was someone lost a bet <laughs> when like a game of poker and they needed to just they said hey i Bet you that you won't publish the Quiet Man game. Oh, really? And then, you know, the person ends up losing. They're like, oh, shit, guess we've got to publish <laughs> maybe, the Quiet Man Maybe it's Man like game. some sort of episode of, like, Jackass. Like, there's Johnny Knoxville <laughs> on the table. Like, hi, I'm Johnny Knoxville. I'm going to publish Bailey Wonderwall to cancel our contract with IO Interactive for Hitman. I, like, yeah, how do you do that? How do you cancel the contract with IO and then go and make Bailey Wonderwall? I do. <laughs> What what is going through your heads at that point? I, I'm just imagining that some executive is snort, snorting a line of coke and making terrible life decisions. Yeah, I, I mean that's that. Come on, just like, Darren. That's oh, let's put some money behind the Quiet Man. <laughs> oh, let's make a sequel to the Quiet Man. Oh my God, if we could get a sequel to the Quiet Man, that would be. <laughs> Listen, we got it. Quieter we gotta... Man. <laughs> <laughs>
And then the, the second sequel, The Quietest Man. The Quietest Man. Listen, we got a sequel to Deadly Premonition. Anything can happen. You know what? As long as we never get a sequel to Never Dead, I'll be happy. Oh, Never Dead. Did Square Enix do Never Dead? Actually, no. I think that was Capcom. I think it might have been Cap- It might have been Sega, actually. Give me a second. I'm going to pull this oh, up because God. I'm, I'm was, the best researcher, apparently. That was basically Japan watching Monty Python and the Holy Grail and making a video yeah. game about the Black Knight. We were both wrong, actually. Firstly, do you know it was made by Rebellion? No, no, it must be published by Rebellion. Oh, wait, Rebellion Developments. That's not the Rebellion proper team. I oh, jeez, I was going to have a heart attack because those guys make really good games. Love me some Sniper. No, okay. Yeah, no. No, it is proper Rebellion. What? Yep. Yeah, proper rebellion. I've just clicked onto the thing. Yep, Rebellion Developments Limited is a British video game company based in Oxford, England. Yep, it's the, it's the same guys. Uh, I'm Sniper Elite series. You know what? I think I'm pretty certain I've actually got a review disc for ne- Never Dead somewhere around here. Maybe I should just pop it in and have a look again, just to see how see yeah, what the suffering. Maybe, maybe it's, it's aged. It's aged a bit better. But we were, <laughs> no. turns out turns out <laughs> turns out we were both wrong. Do you want to have a quick fun round of guess who the publisher of Never Dead was? It's not it's not Sega, Capcom. Or Square Enix. Is it a Japanese company? That kind of just defeats the point. Because if I say yes, you know exactly who it is. Okay, I'm just going to say Konami. It's exactly, that's, it's Konami, yeah. <laughs> oh, those guys that make pachinko machines and video games yeah. sometimes. Yeah, well, I mean, they used to make video games. Apparently, they're going to keep doing it. But, I mean, let's see what, how that turns out. Someone at Konami anyway. is sitting on a disc going, No Metal Gear Solid 6 for you! Yeah, have... <laughs> it's like that, that meme from Rest Development of um <laughs> the mother giving the kid a ticket. Yeah, have a Metal Gear Survive 2. No, no, no. Oh, do not mention that. Anyway. Oh, that that game was that game was just bad, just bad. There was nothing redeemed. <sighs> anyway, you've been watching, so I got reincarnated as a slime. Yeah, I, I'm still on my anime kick at the moment. I, every every Saturday, I sit down here and I think today's the day we don't talk about anime. But nope, no. Every day I'm wrong. Every day you're wrong, buddy. So I'm just going to read out these synopsis for you. I've got this on Wikipedia because. Just to try and explain it in my own words, it's weird. So, here we go. That time I got reincarnated as a slime is a 2018 television anime series based on the light novel series written by Fuse. The series follows a man who is killed and reincarnated in another world as a slime named Rimuru. (laughs) That's that's the name. (sighs) So yeah, so have you heard of this genre within anime called Isekai? Is Isekai the one we... A person in the real world gets dumped into a video game setting. Bingo! You've got it right. So you've got things like Sword Art Online, ReZero, and of course, that time I got reincarnated as a slime. And so this businessman, you know, he gets reincarnated as a slime. And like, he starts out just exploring this cave, figuring out what his body can do, and then he meets this absolutely gigantic dragon as well as the forces of nature in this world, becomes friends with him, absorbs this dude gets out of the cave and goes on wild adventures and it's just oh it's such a crazy little power fantasy sure why not yeah why not but what's what is genuinely fascinating about this is that between all the anime stuff such as you know scantily clad girls who look like they're 13 but they are 900 years old so that the fbi cannot arrest me um, for god's sake you know, does it have that yeah, yeah. Oh, for god's sake your usual overreacting this beautiful design What's really fascinating is that this is how you watch the birth of a civilization unfold before you under the guiding hand of this all-powerful slime god. Th- does that make sense? <laughs> uh, it, was sit- it was sitting with me for a second. I was just processing it because there were a lot of variables that needed to be pulled on there. So, you know, like you got like Sid Meier's civilization where you start from the Stone Age and work your way up to like the outer space age. Sure, yes, yes. That yes. is what reincarnated as a slime is basically like, but you know, with an anime twist on it. You watch him start with this v- village of goblins and he builds that into a nice. Hustle and bustle, little trade commerce. Then he creates a city. Then he creates a nation. He is forging alliances with other major powers in this world, doing battle, going to war. It's crazy. What the shit is the show? That time I got reincarnated as a slime. I'm getting mad just listening to you talk about it. (laughs) And then the slime character, through this whole convoluted plotline, he actually gets a body that he can inhabit. But it's kind of cool. He gets this androgynous look to him. And now he's got this whole avatar that he can interact with people through. And he gets all these allies. And he's got, you know, he's, he's got fangirls. He's got this, this this wolf that can summon lightning from the sky. That's like his best okay. friend. 
Oh, I freaking sure. freak love anime. Sure. I'm, you know what, Dar- I'm so pleased for you. I'm so pleased that you love anime. I'm so. I'm glad you get something out of it, friend. <laughs> so stupid. I, 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 will ne- I, I, will ne- I don't think I'll ever understand the fascination. Uh, but I will, I'll happily listen to you talk about it because God knows I don't know anyone else who's going to tell me about <laughs> that time I got reincarnated as a slime. Sid Meier's Anime Civilizations. That's that's the best way I can I can is describe it, it. Is it well written? Is the story engaging? You see, the story I think it serves its purpose, but but I'm I'm fascinated just by how everything, by how the world around Rimuru evolves and builds around him. Now his his actions, the consequences for his actions, create this incredible society. Okay, so plus it's, plus it's got some perverted stuff. So you know, co- okay, so well, yeah, anime perversions. It's got it's got boobs. It's Lots got of boobs. It's got boobs. It's, Good. At least it's at least I it's suppose. not um, interspecies reviewers, which is basically anime. I cannot believe it's not hentai. So GameStop, how's that going? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, I thought we were going to talk about Wonder Vision. I mean, all, all passion I've had for Wonder Vision has been sapped directly out of my soul. No, we can talk about Wonder Vision. Um, one. Uh, this is probably going to be the only thing I'm watching for the past for the, for the next few weeks, just because I don't watch a lot of shows right now beyond Avatar: The Last Airbender. But that's more for a project than anything else. Um, no, just just hype your other podcast. No, I'm not hyping my podcast. I'm not hyping my podcast. That, <laughs> that would be that would be very improper. Guys, just go listen to a few hot men oh, on Spotify. Brad's actually doing a really fantastic job recapping every single episode of Avatar. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet of you. I really genuinely was going to do it, but thank you. Yeah, you um, should have checked my usual address. <laughs> <laughs> well, the cheapest hype man I ever bought. <laughs> so, One Division is on its fourth episode. The fourth one was debuted last night, and I watched it speak through methods um and it is becoming very clear as to what's going on i think if a lot of people dropped off of it because the burn was too slow mm. episode four is where they really start clarifying what the hell's going on oh, oh my gosh i'm not gonna sit through three episodes dedicated to classic sitcoms even if they are little breadcrumbs of mystery through them. it's 20 they're 20 minutes long. Like, we, we you, enjoy you can get sitcoms. through all three in like an hour. We enjoy sitcoms in this day and age with those canned laugh tricks. Ugh, I hate them. But that's that's the point. It's meant to... There's meant to be something uncomfortable about watching those sitcoms, right? Because they're this bastion of... I don't want to say... Yeah, they're a bastion of normality, which is what works so well for that setting. Oh, they're so mundane. You're meant to... F- but that's the point. You're meant to feel sort of like comfortable with what you're watching even if you don't necessarily enjoy it there is a routine a formula to a sitcom that's undeniable i agree with and i agree wa- with one division but yes i think i agree with you it should be uncomfortable but it should not be done over three episodes stick to one episode that shows off the sitcom formula not three okay, yeah sure I, I i will i will admit that the burn was a was a quite slow and the reason i've stuck through it is because i'm a diehard fanboy. all right but episode four is where the payoff really starts um, coming in without going too in-depth as to why, because there's like huge, major, God-fearing spoilers from in episode four. It becomes very X-Files. Ooh, that's a good good comparison. I like that. Very, very good, yeah. And it's it has it starts like its major ties to the MCU like in general. Also, Kervin wrote up a really interesting think piece about the who the next major who could be teasing as the next major villain, and I don't know if he's right, but if he's right, it'll be wildly cool, and I really do hope he's right. I love the implications of what would happen if they see the next big bad of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I thought, should, should we actually just discuss his discuss his theory? Should we mention that the uh, big bad name? Yeah, I think I think we can mention it because it is just yeah, a, it's a theory. theory. We have no idea if it's a spoiler or not. The theory is that one division is essentially hinting that Mephisto will be the next big bad of the MCU. Yeah. And for those of you who are unaware, Mephisto is Marvel's Satan. You know, he's one of the most ancient, primordial evil influences that exists in within mm. the, the entire Marvel universe. But he's he was not... created alongside the Infinity Stones, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. Uh, he's basically an, an after effect of them. Yeah. But what, what's really cool is that he doesn't, you know, affect the world physically. He's, he's a very subtle manipulator. That's his whole modus operandi. Mm. Is that he, he is like almost like a, an Iago 
uh, from Othello, right? He is manipulating I was say, <laughs> What, Yoga from Aladdin? <laughs> <laughs> Can you just imagine that? I wonder, you should be doing this. Your your Gordon Godfrey is pretty immaculate, Darren. I, I'll, I'll pat you on the back <laughs> for that one. Oh, thanks. No, yeah, he, he he's the guy that, that's pulling the strings of the background. He's in the in the Infinity, the original Infinity Saga. Um, Thanos was apparently being manipulated, you know, since he was a kid, to go on to to eventually go on and one day track down the Infinity Stones and put them on put on Gauntlet and whatnot. And it's all Mephisto is doing. So Mephisto could have major implications for the MCU going forward because it could wreck on literally any event to be caused by him working shadowy in the background. And what I really love about that is that that opens the door to the supernatural side of Marvel. I mean, mm. give me Ghost Rider, give me Blade, give me the, the Midnight Suns. Oh, do you, can you imagine a good Ghost Rider movie? Uh, I would love it if they adapted Ghost Rider, for, Ghost Rider at least once. You know, can you imagine a, a Ghost Rider movie at all? That'd be amazing. Yeah, but- but yes, yes, my, my controversial take. Please bring back Nicolas Cage as Ghost Rider. What do you mean, bring back Nicolas Cage? You're talking as if we've already had a Ghost Rider film. Oh, okay. I forgot that um, Thanos uh, snap on your memory. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay. No, but f- for real, I think Nicolas Cage is a fantastic actor, and if he's in the right kind of movie, it would be incredible. Can I? You know? Okay, yeah. He was he was pretty good as as Ghost Rider, but mentioning Nicolas Cage now. He would be a damn good Mephisto, actually. Oh! But there is a, a rumor that it's going to be Al Pacino voicing Mephisto. Oh, I, I, I don't back that. I don't know. That doesn't... Hoo-ha! Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't ring all that true Hey, Wanda, me. you should bring back your dead husband. Hoo-ha! Hoo-ha! Let's do it. <laughs> Duncan no. Cheetos. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I would really like it if Mephisto did turn out to be some sort of big old villain. It kind of is disappointing to me if that is the case because I really wanted Doctor Doom to swoop in and finally make his MCU debut. But I think that's oh, much Oh, I cannot future. wait for that. And I just hope that they go full Doom on him. I want him talking in the third person. I want a Doctor Doom who wears a power armor forged by evil Buddhist yep. monks in the remote regions of the Himalayas. Yeah, I want them to... Because I've, I've always said Doctor Doom would be the next... That he should be the next big MCU big bad, you know? I mean, he's not even evil. All he wants to do is, you know, take over the world, which isn't exactly illegal. It's just maybe his methods for, for doing so. His methods for doing so are a bit, are a bit of... meh. But also, like, Doctor Doom, I can't remember which which storyline it was, but he, I mean, he sees the outcome of every potential reality for 616. I think it's 616. And he... I think I was leading up to the reboot of Secret Wars. So I think it was. Jonathan Hickman's yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he spends, like, 20 years reforging himself with this new identity, fighting the beyond. Yeah, exactly. But, like, you, you get a good, better sense of why he wants to take over the world. It's just in every reality where he is not re- leading the world, like, Earth dies. Like, the planet just cannot survive. So it's kind of a Thanos-like situation where it's like, well, if no one else is going to do it, I guess I got to do it. At least in MCU yeah, Thanos. The world version. needs Doom. The world beats Doom. It's true. It's true. I don't know. I, w- I would like that to be the case, but I that's a long, long way in the future, I think. I could see that happening like in 10 years' In 10 time. years' time, I think that, yeah, roughly. If the MCU is able to survive that long, I think that could be the case. I would not be so surprised if like the final phase of the MCU leads up to Secret Wars. God, can you imagine? What a mess. Oh. They, would need, they would need 10 years just to pull that off as well. <laughs> Good Lord. Right, should we move on to the news? Yeah, let's talk stonks. I was going to say, do you want to start with stonks or do you want to start with uh, a brief, sad, sad little... Um, uh, epilogue, epilogue for Musica. Cause that's a I qu- think, okay, let's, go to, let's build up to Let's stonks. build up let's Stonks, because honestly, the Stonks, you're probably going to be talking uh, about 80% of the time, because I don't know, I don't understand any of it. <laughs> but I just wanted to mention, this is a very quick story, I don't really know if there's anything worth talking about, but Mu- Musica, that place you went to go listen to CDs when you were a kid, with the headsets that a lot of other people put on before you, and you look back on now and you're like, wow, that was kind of gross, actually. That was pretty gross that we did that. <laughs> Music is dead, unfortunately. Well, it's, it's in the process of dying. It's going to be dead within the next four months. All, all Listen, remaining dude. stores are going to be shut down. Listen, I went to my local uh, mall, Cresta, up in Joburg. There's a big musica there. And this is on the day this was announced that musica was dying. The shelves were empty. Huh. There was there was the bare... It, looks like, it looked like a uh, chemistry in a... Or pharmacy, rather, in a post-apocalyptic zombie film... 
because there was just nothing. It was ransacked. It was wild. So they've moved all that stock away. I mean, I don't know if there may be a big sale. Or do you think Clicks just swooped in and said, give us all those Blu-ray suckers? I don't know. I don't know if that was the case. It was just, there was, not, there was nothing on the shelves. There were only Xbox One games in the game section. There were a handful of shirts in the, in the uh, merchandise section. No, gee, the, the biggest shock was that there were just no Funko Pops. There was nothing. It was so weird. <laughs> I mean, this is the day it was announced that Musical was closing. So I have to imagine that they are fast-tracking this thing to die as fast as possible. <laughs> they've, they've taken Musica, like, Clicks who owns Musica. Clicks has taken Musica out behind the other shit that cocked its shotgun. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> waiting on pulling that, that trigger. It wants to do it right now. It, it is Its finger is very <laughs> tentatively caressing the trigger. Don't look at me like that, boy. <laughs> we're <laughs> <laughs> gonna put old yellow down behind the shield. don't look at me like that i oh, know it's it's sad end and, of an era, and, uh, end of an era it, it is sad but at the same time musica didn't exactly adopt the online shopping phenomenon that I mean, it should have when you see them last time you've bought anything from musica you know what actually funnily enough you should say that musica had a fairly decent selection of vinyl okay uh, new vinyl I like not, not the uh, classic stuff <clears throat> Yeah, no, they, they had a fairly decent collection of uh, new imprints. And the last thing I bought from a musical was a uh, record of Flight of the Concords. Ah, the Hippopotamus. The Hippopotamus, exactly. My lyrics Which, are bottomless. I, we're not going to do the whole thing. We'll get sued to shit. <laughs> no, that's, that's but, all I actually know, so don't worry. Yeah, that's all I know as well. But yeah, no, so I mean, I I didn't. I wouldn't say I frequented musical, but it's not like I never went into the shops. I, I don't know. It is, it's kind of sad. And poor one out for Musica. They've been around for as long as I can remember. And now they've gone the way of look and listen. Yeah, I can, I can imagine. You know, poor of all the others, as you say. But I mean, I, like in the last couple of years, like, I always consider Musica as a okay, but why shop? Yeah, there's no need for Musica to exist when you have shops like Take Lot and Loot and Raru and all that sort of stuff, right? Yeah, and they always had a really piss poor online presence as well. Exactly, they were very slow to really to adopt online shopping, which is mainly probably the reason that they died. Well, I mean, I they mean, honest. Let's be honest; they survived lot way longer than I think a lot of people thought they would. But COVID was the final nail in the coffin. Yeah, yeah, COVID was. The, they they probably would still be with us if they had a decent website where you could buy shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's the a good pandemic. brand right there. There is brand lo- loyalty that you can speak of. Yeah, but hey, oh, they well. did not, you know, pounce on that. Talking about things that are dying and or will be dead very soon. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember Bleeding Edge? I have a vague recollection of it. It's sort of being like um, Overwatch, but with fists. If, if that's right. Yeah, it looks like it looks like someone took Battleborn and just made it kind of edgier. <laughs> it's just not good. I never played it. You know, honestly. I mean, when you got Game Pass and there's an exclusive game on there, and you don't want to play it. I mean, yeah. that says a lot. It's yeah, that's it exactly. I suppose I played all of an hour of it and hated it, and it was like, cool. Guess we're just never going back to that one, huh? Ooh, was it that bad? It really wasn't good. But yes, that Bleeding Edge is going the way of Musica, Ninja Theory, who have developed some fantastic games. Including Senua Saga, have I was gonna say, yeah. I was gonna say on the positive side, Bleeding Edge's you know demise means that Ninja Theory is more resources going to Project Mara and the Senua Saga sequel. Yeah, which is it's encouraging at the very least that we know that we'll get hopefully some good games out of the death of Bleeding Edge. But I mean, this thing was <laughs> live for ten months, and just this week, Ninja Theory was like, "I right, listen, we're pulling the plug. We're not doing any not updates. Not even a year. Not even a year. But." I don't know. There is something I find. There's something interesting about that, in that it shows how competitive the multiplayer space is, right? That's true. I mean, like everyone's been hopping on that bandwagon. I mean, just look at the battle royale genre. When uh, what's it? Um, what's Cliffy B Studio called again? We came in with that Radical Heights game. Yeah, that just I can't remember the name. Flopped of the studio. so badly. Yeah, it flopped so bad. It flopped so badly that Cliffy B was like. Right, I'm out. Boss Key Studios, there, there was his okay. name. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I know. That flopped so bad, Cliff B was like, I listen, this ain't for me anymore, gang. I did my shit. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Cliffy B. <laughs> I can just imagine flip, flipping fingers like Danny McBride in this. <laughs> you know, where he's like, see that tuxedo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he like disappears into the mist. <laughs> she just put Cliffy B's face on that. It's just, yeah, there, okay, cool. That's the thumbnail. We got it. <laughs> it's just, I think it's just, it's a little bit sad because there are. It's not even just that the multiplayer space is so competitive right now, right? Right? It's it's impenetrable. 
you have the big mm. players with their major multiplayer games, you know, your Activisions, your EAs and whatnot. So when yeah. someone like Ninja Theory comes along, it's like, hey, we've got this game, Bleeding Edge. Hey, it's not an especially amazing game, but I mean, what multiplayer game is good when it first launches, right? And it just dies in 10 months because there is just no way it can compete with the dominance shown by some of the bigger studios. I don't know. I think it's... I don't want to say there's a monopoly on the multiplayer space, but it certainly feels like at times there is. Yeah, and all those games, they also they are designed to keep you invested, mm. like, constantly. It's, a, it's not just a game. It's not a hobby. It's a freaking career if you want to be any, you know, good yeah, at those good games. At it, exactly, and that's, that's one of the reasons I dropped off Apex, because they did the new Battle Pass, and you had to play... It was something like four hours a day just to get anywhere in it. And I was like, this is, I have other games I want to be playing. I can't just play Apex, you know? Exactly. You know, you know, it's a big wide world. Exactly. Out there. Let me have fun with other games. Yeah. I, um, it's, it's, it's kind of sad. It's not ex- unexpected. I think we all kind of knew it wasn't going to survive. But just the fact that it didn't even make a year is pretty brutal. Mm. But let's move on from there. Let's talk about making video games skate again. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was, ooh, that was saucy. <laughs> Toss that on my pot of pasta. That was pretty saucy. Yes, the EA has announced the uh, Skate 4 development team is a full circle, which is uh, fun because wheels, to move forward, have to rotate in a full circle. That's where the name comes from. Oh, my mind is blown. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, uh, try, so I would just explain that in case you didn't, uh, you didn't figure it out. But yeah, it's wheels move full circles, so it's a, it's a skating thing because your skateboards have wheels, um, and the wheels sort of roll, uh, and they move in a circle. I can't believe I've been using a snowboard all this time. <laughs> You were probably wondering the whole time, this is meant to be sparking. Are those sparks meant to be coming out the back of the board. <laughs> Why just, am I not going forward? Not going forward. This is so strange. Yeah, just like grinding on the street. Like, oh, yeah. Don't worry, cool kids. I can keep, can keep up, up with, you. with you. Don't leave me just behind. Just bunny hopping down around after them. <laughs> I want to be cool. <laughs> Shame. Oh, bless little Darren. Bless little Darren. <laughs> yes, uh, so they've announced that uh, Full Circle will be taking on the development of Skate 4, the game that was commented into existence last year. Uh, thanks to everyone on Instagram just badgering EA to the extent where they just said, okay, shut up, shut up, we'll make it. Shut up. <laughs> God, just stop. Just stop. Just let us make games. We, we'll make it. We'll do skate, but let us make other games. Now we yeah. just need to do so that with Dead Space. Full Circle, brand new studio just full for Skate 4 and it's headed up by Skate Veterans. I mean, what more could you ask? For? You couldn't ask for much more, I'll tell you that much. I've been, re- I've been replaying um, Skate 3 uh, on Game Pass. That How does it hold up? game is so good. It's not Skate 2. I wish Skate 2 was on Game Pass because that was the best skate. Huh. But Skate 3 is just so good, dude. Yeah. If I if I hadn't... If, if Tony Hawk's Pro Skater hadn't come out last year, Skate 3 would probably have been the catalyst for me picking up my own board <laughs> and teaching myself. But you know what? I, I've always considered like the like Tony Hawk and the Skates franchise to be two completely different schools of thought. Like if you were to personify each of those games as a skateboarder, obviously Tony Hawk is Tony Hawk, you know, big half pipes, you know, defying gravity, going up into into the air. Yeah. But Skate, Skate is the Rodney Mullen of video games of skateboarding video games yeah. on the street, down and dirty, technical wizardry that you know shouldn't even be possible. That's the thing, right? Because because Tony Hawk is an arcade game. And it will forever be. But Skate's going more for a soft core simulation. You know, mapping it to the right stick rather than, like, face buttons to do tricks. Yeah, we've had a bunch of games that have, like, you know, been influenced by that. They've come out in recent memory. We've got uh, Skater XL and Session. And Session as well. Session's the one I put a bit of time into, which I really liked. I just wish there was a bit more mm. to it. We also have Skatebird coming out <laughs> fairly soon, which I'm very Tony excited Swarks for. Pro Skater. Yes, I know. I remember when you came up with the idea for that headline, and I'm, I, I'm so pleased that you're still, you're still finding joy out of it. <laughs> it makes me giggle every single time. It's a very good headline. It <laughs> Damn is right it good is. Headline. So yeah, that's just a quick touch on uh, Skate 4 to remind us that it is coming, just to be patient. But the thing, the biggest thing this week, undeniably <laughs> the biggest thing this week, the thing that I do not understand in the slightest is GameStop is no longer valueless. Oh, let us talk stonks. GameStonk. 
which has just been an absolutely Jesus, crazy week on Wall Street. So for those of you unf- unfamiliar with the whole thing, you know, GameStop as a company is listed on the New York Stock Exchange. And for most of its lifetime, you could buy some stock, you could buy a share. It was $4 a share, you know, nothing spectacular. Yeah. But then all of a sudden this week, something magical happened. Now, you might have heard of hedge funds in the US, and these are absolutely terrible. These are, you know, capitalism possibly at its very worst. Because, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but I mean, I've, I've done some reading, I've tried mm. to understand. I still don't understand how it works, but hedge funds basically bet that a company is going to fail. And they buy imaginary stocks of a company. I, I don't know how this is even possible. Isn't it, but, I, I stand to be very corrected, but is the plot of Wolf of Wall Street not based on the culture of hedge funds? I think it is. I think there's also, there's another film called The Big Short. The Big that, Short, that deals with yes. It more directly. Yes, yes, The Big Short does it more directly, right. But yeah, basically what these guys would, would do, they would borrow stocks. They wouldn't get the actual stocks, they would borrow stocks. And let's say that the stock was valued at $10 per share. But they were guessing that sooner or later, those stocks were going to be worth $7 a share. But before that happened, they took this ten, this stock, they sold it for, for $10. And then when they paid back towards the company, they pocketed the, the difference mm. that, that they made when those stocks lost value. Right? Sure. And, you know, that doesn't sound like a very good financial way to, to work. That doesn't sound like a recipe for success. Sounds but somehow pretty it scummy. Was. Yep, sounds pretty scummy. There we go. It sounds scummy. I mean, just look up Argentina and Puerto Rico. I mean, there have been some horrible hedge fund mm. stories coming out of that. Yeah. So, enter Wall Street bets on Reddit, you know? These guys say, hey, why don't we strike back at these fat cats? Let's actually, you know, give them a taste of their own medicine. And they started buying up the actual GameStop stock, which started to raise the price of the stocks, which made hedge funds lose billions in the process. <laughs> so, so whatever they are doing is actually legal. There is nothing wrong with what people are doing. There is nothing illegal with buying stocks and and you know raising the um, the, the value of the of those shares legitimately. And now these hedge funds, they are shitting themselves. They are losing sleep, pissing the beds at night, and they are angry and it has been so delicious to see them, them go through a meltdown it's so nice seeing the one percent go down by their own methods oh hoisted on their own retard oh it is just so beautiful to watch and it's dominated the news cycle this weekend because this isn't just game industry news this is this is affecting a lot of people yeah it has got the american politicians involved they were saying like you guys reacted to to wall market quicker than you did to to the actual capital building being stormed by terrorists yeah i mean this is i mean that says exactly what what you need to about america right now i suppose but it's yeah just so wild to me that this whole process starts because one subreddit wall, wall street bets of all subreddits got together and was like, all right, boys, let's do this. <laughs> let's go to town. What's crazy is that the um, guy, the um, ringleader of all this, has made $50 million Jesus. off of this whole initiative. So I, I don't want to... I don't want to... I don't know if you'd be okay talking about this on the show, but have you invested in GameStop at all? I'm not going to say how much I have, but sure. I have invested. I've got my eToro account right now. So I'm watching this. And what's happening right now is, you know, I, I've invested. I actually am down a few dollars but that's the whole point yeah yeah because come monday apparently those hedge funds have to pay back on those shares and that's going to raise the price of the stock so people are hoping that you know whatever they they have invested they're going to you know get you know maybe two times three times their money back on oh wow so i put in a few bucks just just for our interest sake to see what's going to happen um you know yeah boy darren might be super rich soon might be on a yacht well i mean what this will be like what your fourth yacht after sony and ubisoft yeah i could be slightly richer yeah very good very good i'm look <laughs> i'm neither of us economists so I, this question might no hold do water. not take financial advice no, not at all. from a guy that collects batman dogs. <laughs> listen they're an investment in their own right darren and i'll back you on that oh they're they're is there you probably don't know the answer to this but still it's probably worth asking is there a potential for like a massive economic collapse because of this sort of um, transaction? 
or because of these transactions? Maybe, maybe only for the main hedge fund uh, investor that actually took out cash, because I think they are in the hole now for three billion dollars. Okay. So their strategy at the moment is to take is to double down on what they've been doing this whole time, and so they take it out even more. Jeez. They're borrowing even more stock than what is actually available. Fantastic. And that has driven the price down by seventeen point nine four percent. Okay. According to my portfolio, yeah. So they are hoping that people that they bought into this will panic sell so that they can cut their um, losses. Jesus. But you check the subreddit at the moment. Everyone's going, hold, hold, <laughs> hold, comrades. Swim down. Ones. Swim down. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's saying, it's, it's, it's the biggest, it's the most financial game of chicken I've ever been involved in. It's really, it's, it's, it's been amazing to watch it unfold over the week. Yeah. It's, and so, you know, even if I lose money on this, just the fact that I can cost a hedge fund, help cost a hedge fund billions of, of dollars, course. it's going to help me sleep so well. Of course. You, 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 d- you did a good thing. You, you, helped, you helped bring down some of the 1% or at but least for, made them very sad. Reasons. Yes, of course. But for selfish reasons. No, well, it's it's fine. If you make the 1% sad, then that's a good day in my books. And if I make some money on the side, that's an even better even day. Even better day right there. Darren, I think that concludes us for this week. That's a fun little note to, to wrap up on, talking about economics. Yeah, maybe next week I will be doing this podcast from our newly uh, acquired castle. Newly acquired castle, filled, I assume, with all kinds of tortured weapons and possibly an industrial grape squasher. Uh, and also uh, screen-accurate Doctor Doom armor from Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer. Which was fairly uh, a decent representation of Doctor Doom, if I remember correctly. Right. Damn good costume. Damn good costume. Damn good costume. If you uh, enjoyed the show, please feel free to um, spread the word. Share us around Twitter, Facebook, whatever floats your boat. Uh, we don't pay to advertise the show at all, so any word of mouth is greatly appreciated. You can check out the website for your daily updates on all the goings-on in the world of pop culture and uh, video games, movie series, all that good stuff, as well as some fun reviews. Check us out on criticalhit.net. You can also plug it into Facebook and Twitter. To find our socials, Darren, are we looking forward to anything this week? Anything releasing? Actually, let me just bring up my, my guideline right here because we are going into February. Fe- February. Fe- February. Let's say that word. February. The month of love. Yeah. The month of love, baby. Month of love and All month right. of disappointment. How's your how's your tinder how's your tinder swiping going? Uh no, look, my, my girlfriend and I are fine. Um you know, month is coming up, so I'm gonna inflate her when I take good. take her out from underneath my, my bed. Yeah, I need you need to keep them inflated every once in a while, you know? Otherwise <laughs> they just they just they get depressed in a very literal sense. Let's, I'm just having a quick look. Werewolf, the apocalypse, earth blood, blue fire, nuts, Neo two, the complete edition, oh, the Neo Collection, Little Nightmares two, Ooh. Super Mario. Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury, which you can start talking about soon. Yes, I can. Rustler, Persona 5 Strikers, Curse of the Dead Gods, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection, Bravely Default 2, Destruction All-Stars, Hellish Courting on Steam Early Access, Century Age of Ashes, and last but not least, Capcom Arcade Stadium. That's, that's Feb. Okay. That's, 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 that's some decent pulls in there. I'm looking, most looking forward to Little Nightmares 2 and Bravely Default. Mm, mm. But yes, I think that's going to... Anything you're looking forward to? Uh, no, there's nothing there I'm looking nothing, forward nothing to. Nothing I'm looking forward to. <laughs> the, okay, destruction fine. All-Stars. Okay, I'll, I'll just say Destruction All-Stars so that Fair. I don't make Sony sad. Perfect. That's cool. That, at least you have one thing to get you through February, Darren. One thing. I'll just hold my, my, my Batman dolls at night. They'll get me through anything. Of course, because... Quite frankly, who else? You the, the the man, <laughs> the man who sleeps the Batman doll under his pillow is a fool every night but one. <laughs> There's a lie. It's a Batmobile. I sleep with him in my bed. Okay, well that's just a good place to end it, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs>